The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How is your work life going? Business? Home? Social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could, but how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made, and by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi. Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined virtually by Joe Kasherba. Joe's the CEO and founder of Accelerator Consulting, through which he provides advice to other freelance web designers and digital agency owners about how to develop and scale their businesses. He started his web design business when he was in high school and grew it into the digital agency Kasherba Web Design Group, which has virtual teams and serves clients in different parts of the world. Joe's been a part of startups that failed and has an exceptional handle on the intersection between marketing and business success strategies. I'm going to enlist his expertise on behalf of businesses that have been around past the startup stage and have either struggled to accelerate their growth or have plateaued or stagnated. We're going to talk about how you can recharge and regrow your business. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. How's it going? Wonderfully, and I'm so happy for you to be here. It's such an important topic for those who have been in business. And when you have these changes that happen in the world, in the marketplace, that you can have a business that's been successful, and then all of a sudden they find themselves in a position where they're struggling. So I really appreciate your being here to share your advice. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. You talk about the importance of redefining your target audience and the products and services that meet their needs. Say more about that. Well, yeah, I, I think a couple things happen. A couple things happen when businesses are, are trying to grow, and, and one thing that happens is that when businesses can't get enough clients, they they make the mistake of adding on more and more services or trying to please everybody and do everything for everybody. Um, and the other thing that happens is sometimes markets will get commoditized where more and more people come into the market and then price the, the, the cost of the product or service goes down. And in either case, the result is a business that's um, providing everything for everybody at a low price and is stagnating because of that. And so I think one of the biggest things that people need to do if they're, they're in that stagnation situation is that they need to figure out what they special, what they really specialize in, who they really specialize in helping, and then focus on that rather than serving, doing everything for everybody. I could imagine that there's fear around specializing uh, from the perspective that people may be concerned about losing business. 
Absolutely. That's a, that's a big problem that people have because part of the reason why they were serving everybody is because, you know, in many cases they didn't have enough business. So they, you know, they, they made things as generic as possible. And, and so in that case, the, the recommendation that I have for people is that they, they develop ways of marketing or prospecting or ways of going out and getting those clients, you know, once they figured out that specialization. And, you know, they develop the marketing strategies rather than, you know, thinking that they have to, you know, redesign their whole business. So, you know, rather than changing the name of the company to be, you know, geared towards their specialization, you know, we recommend that they just go after those ideal clients and not, you know, don't worry too much about, you know, sort of cutting the, you know, cutting off everybody else, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so so basically you can continue, in a sense, serving the clients you're serving and at the same time keep your website, keep your business name, keep your logo, and at the same time, though, make sure that you're taking steps to market specifically to the groups who you would specialize in, who you think you can serve the best. Yeah, so as an example, say you were a freelance web designer or a you know a web design agency owner that... that you know, that's, that's in a stagnant situation. You don't have to fire all your clients that are, you know, you know, uh, you know sort of roll that back. Say you decided to niche down on a specific industry. So you decided you were just going to focus on working with roofing contractors, just in his example, because maybe you'd work with some roofing contractors and it went well. You know, if you decide to niche down on that, that doesn't mean you have to fire all, you, all of your clients in other industries or anything like that. It just means that you can start going after those ideal clients and putting your marketing dollars and your marketing effort towards going after those ideal clients. That makes sense. It's just like also the political election that each candidate really needs to declare a very clear stance on where they, where they are around the major issues that the country is concerned about. And when you do that, that helps you to stand out more because it's more it's synchronous with who you are, your values, your philosophies. It's synchronous with your strengths, and you want to make sure that as a business you continue to be aligned with what you can do best. Absolutely, and and that's you know being in line with your strengths is the key piece of it. You know, it's not about sometimes I'll talk to people and they'll be like, "Well, what's the most profitable niche, or what's the most profitable thing to do?" And it's not about, you know, focusing on one industry or the other, you know, is more profitable. It's about really figuring out what you or your company specializes in. And I often tell people, make a list of your 10 best clients or your 10 best companies and ask yourself, you know, why did those companies pick you over one of your competitors? And, you know, why are those your best, your, your best clients, your best customers? And oftentimes just doing that people will see, wow, you know, all of my best clients are in this industry and they all had this specific need or, you know, something will become very clear once you do that exercise. You want to look at the data that you already have and let that guide you because that's where you've already demonstrated success. Yeah, exactly. And it's not about just making up a niche to focus on. It's about actually figuring out what you really, what's authentic. Joe, what are the different ways that people can specialize? Uh, And I'm asking this because you brought out this point, actually, when we spoke before the show, that specialization doesn't mean that necessarily you're making a 
a big shift in your focus. Yeah, that's a, you know, anytime that, anytime that I'm talking with somebody about specializing in ideal clients, it, it's easy to go down the route of talking about industry niches like roofing contractors or restaurants or something like that. But there's a ton of other ways you can specialize. And, you know, you can specialize on a particular service. So, you know, say you're, you know, I'm just sort of coming up with examples here. Say you're an attorney that sort of works with a bunch of different clients. You can narrow in on a particular type of law or a particular um, service, like helping people with bankruptcies or something. Just as an example, same thing with a you know a web designer can focus on building just e-commerce websites, you know, rather than a specific industry. So, so the type of service is one direction, and then the other way to do it is on sort of the need of the client or the you know where the client's at in in some other way. So. You know, you might, you know, as a web designer, focus on businesses that are in the startup phase, and your specialty might be working with startups. And so that might mean people in a whole variety of industries, but people in the startup phase who have similar problems that a startup has. Um, So there's a whole variety of ways you can specialize. Would you take us through an example in more detail of a client that you've worked with, or even if you want to use your own business as an example, just to talk a little bit more about tactics that you would recommend so that folks can take these suggestions and implement them? Well, yeah. So, you know, I I think that, you know, as we were talking about making your list of your ideal clients, so if we were to imagine a web designer that that did that, you know, I mentioned the roofing contractor example, you might have a web designer that realizes he's worked with a number of uh, roofing contractors, and maybe his his father's a roofing contractor, or he's worked with roofing contractors in the past. That, you know, actually worked as a roofing contractor, and so he identifies that he knows a lot about that industry, and that's why he's got a lot of clients in that industry. Um, so once you identify that, then the next step is to go into um, figuring out what it, you know, sort of retooling your services and your offerings and your pricing to match those ideal clients. Is that the kind of stuff you want to move into talking about then? Yeah, just more along the lines of from a process standpoint, once you are in that place where you're rethinking, you're just relooking at things and you're identifying your 10 best clients, the 10 best companies that, that you work with or you, you would like to work with, and you're digging into the whys of that, and you're coming up with information that that could help you to position yourself to more clients like that, what else would you do at that point? Well, yeah, so what, I guess what, you know, the, the, next, the step would be really to get as clear as you can about, you know, who those people are, first off, you know, or, or what, the, what that service is, and then sort of flesh out the other needs or the other problems that are associated with that. So, you know, if you're, you know, if you're, if you were targeting the roofing contractors, you might then start to list, here are the problems that, here are the problems that roofing contractors have. You know, they need more leads or they need more, you know, they need to be able to get employees or they need more this or that. And then, you know, maybe if you were targeting, if you're offering a specific service, you would start to identify that service that you're offering, what benefits do you provide to clients and, you know, what needs do you fulfill? Just sort of fleshing out more 
not just who you're helping, but what you're offering and what problems, you know, it solves and sort of, you know, things it fulfills for the clients or customers. And the good thing is that you have these existing client relationships that you can draw on so you can talk to your clients as you're answering these questions as a team. And that's positive, right, that you already have this base that you can expand. If you're focusing on it in a much more deliberate way, it kind of is a relief because you can you can really streamline the focus of what you do and where you invest your resources. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's yeah, it's all the information is available to you because you're you're looking at who you've worked with in the past and, and you mentioned talking to those clients. You can certainly get in touch with those clients and, you know, ask them more more questions to even you know, get a better picture of things. But, yeah, you're reaching out to information that's already available to you. And it's exciting because, you know, these are, you know, this is, these are the people you really want to work with. Everybody always tells me they want, you know, they want to work with their ideal clients and they're tired of working with clients that are difficult or this kind of client or that kind of client. And this is about, you know, really identifying that and then deciding to go after those, those people that you want in the first place. It comes down to the autonomy that you have as a business owner, which is one of the reasons that people go into entrepreneurship, is that you have that element of choice. And sometimes we can lose sight of that when we're struggling with our business. And if you can come back to that and declare it to yourself, and then, of course, you're going to be declaring it in how your business practices, you're going to be declaring it in your marketing, and we'll, we'll talk more about that then it's very reaffirming. I think that's a really good point that, especially like service companies that, that offer services to people, tend to, tend to you know, get into this mindset thing that they have to do anything for anybody that's willing to pay for it. And as long as they're willing to pay my hourly rate or something, I have to do it. And that's not the case at all. You can, you can turn down work. You can focus on the people that you really want. And, you know, that's, it's your business. I think people need to be reminded of that. The other issue, too, of course, is that you want to really have the full integrity of being able to stand behind whatever you do and feel that not just that your talent is there, your passion is also there. And that's significant for the bottom line. Oh, yeah. The, yeah passion is a key to it. And, you know, people get burnt out, burnt out a lot of times, I think, in business. And part of the reason is this doing everything for everybody and not, not focusing on what you're really good at and who you really want to serve. So we'll take away this key point about the importance of declaring your niche and putting yourself in a position where you can shine and that's going to be really good for your business. Absolutely. We have a quick commercial coming up. When we return, Joe will offer a second piece of advice about recharging and regrowing your business that has to do with how you package and price your products and services. Stay with us for more. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, 
Now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Are you a professional athlete, a retired athlete, or other top performer who's seeking a new career? Explore how to transfer your talents and mission into a rewarding business with the expert guidance of Hamda Mizrahi. As a performance coach and generalist consultant to entrepreneurs, Hemda will support you and your family in your next major professional transition. Create a winning game plan by contacting her through lifeandcareerchoices.com. That's lifeandcareerchoices.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. We're back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by Joe Kasherba, the founder and CEO of both Accelerator Consulting and Kasherba Web Design Group. In addition to managing the design of websites for clients in different parts of the, of the globe, Joe provides business advice to other freelance web designers and digital agencies. He talked about the importance of declaring a specialty as a business and emphasized that choosing a niche in order to ensure that you have a distinctly clear brand does not mean that you need to redo your infrastructure like your website and your logo. You can still make use of the infrastructure you have while targeting your marketing strategy to your specialty audiences. In this segment, Joe will offer suggestions on how you can effectively price and package your services. So Joe, what best practices can you share when it comes to pricing and packaging? Yeah, so the I sort of I think the preface on that is that you know once you've gotten clear on your specialty, then the second step is to match your offerings to to those ideal clients or to you know you know line up your specialty with whatever your spe- or line up your services and your offerings with whatever your specialization is. So you know when, when you decide you're going to focus on this particular ideal client, you you want to stop offering everything to everybody. I don't mean stop, but that you want to develop specific packages and offerings that meet the needs of those ideal clients or that meet 
the match that specialization. So, you know, just as an example, you know, you know, we'll do a few different examples here, but, you know, if you were that web designer that's decided to focus on roofing contractors, and maybe you, you had in the past done all kinds of things. You did video production. You did logo design. You did brochure design. You do, did all this stuff. You would start by figuring out, well, if my ideal client's a roofing contractor, what of all those services did, did that, does that roofing contractor actually need? And you might just determine, well, I'm going to focus on websites because the roofing contractors need websites, and I'm going to focus on some online marketing services, maybe doing ads for people on, on Google or something like that because I know that that helps roofing contractors, and I'm not going to try to sell them brochure design or video production or something. You, you figure out what are your core services that actually um, meet the needs of those ideal clients. Joel, if as a business you figure out that it would be best to target a new client who is not currently in your roster, would you recommend having kind of a trial experience where you might be reaching out to someone who's a good representation of a profile of that client and maybe offering them an opportunity to work with you in a very cost-effective way so that you can, in a, you can hands-on sort these things out? If you're in a situation where, if you're in a situation, if you've worked with a lot of those ideal clients in the past, then you, you may be able to develop all of this without offering services at a discount or, every, or anything like that. But if you're starting out or if you're starting in a, into an industry or into a specialization that you don't have a lot of experience, offering services at a discount or, or something like that to, to sort of learn from those clients what they really need, that's a great way to do it. Or maybe it could be a pilot program that you're doing for a certain number of hours or a certain number of months, depending on how your products and your services are structured. Yeah, absolutely. If you're in a situation where you really... You know, if you don't feel like you're quite narrowed in on exactly what what do these people need, what are the problems, what are the the solutions they need, then yeah, anything like that would be great because you know the power of all of this is when you actually get that really good fit of these ideal clients have this problem and this service solves them, and it's 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 just a it's just a, a good fit. Does that make sense? Yeah, it seems like it builds a bridge, essentially, because if you're saying that you you realize that you could do a really good job with a particular segment of the market, a particular population, and yet you haven't worked with them before, then it gives you a chance to do so in a way where there's not a lot of pressure and because you're offering them a golden opportunity to work with you so you can use your existing expertise to their benefit and still, at the same time, you're in a design phase, and they know that you're in a design phase. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you learn so much from talking to more and more clients. And this, is a, this whole thing is a, a sort of an iterative process of getting clearer and clearer. You know, even when I've started now going out and, and working with other web designers, other, other freelancers, the more people I talk to, I see more and more, you know, what challenges... Are, are common, and, and there's been things that have surprised me, things that I didn't have a problem with, but a lot of people I'm talking about, um, you know, are having a problem with, or things that, you know, I didn't realize other people had this problem, and so even in an industry like web design, where I know a lot, the more I talk to web designers as clients, 
I'm learning more and more about what the what what the challenges are and what I need to provide to help them as much as possible. That seems like such an important tip for existing businesses, because even if you're doing business, it still doesn't mean that you're staying in touch with how the customer is evolving and what their changing needs are. Yeah, I think absolutely. And I think changing needs is a good point because, you know, you know, over time, you know, one of the things that can happen is that the market changes and the needs change. You know, you know, in the web design industry, for instance, there's a lot of these website builders like Squarespace and things like that coming coming online. And what's happening is web designers are, you know, are feeling like their their service is a commodity now. And what's happening is that if you're still in that same place where you're just trying to sell websites for a low cost, you're getting taken over by Squarespace and, and these website builders. But if you're looking at the market and you're talking to clients about you know, what's going on and realizing that there's a chunk of the market that now wants to, to do online marketing and spend more to actually grow their business with, with websites, you can sort of switch your focus to those clients that are a little bit more sophisticated, um, you know, and, and, you know, not compete with Squarespace. But if you don't pay attention to that, then um, you sort of end up in that situation where you're a commodity. And that's where you need to tie that information in, have an open loop in terms of where the customer base is going, what's in demand, and say, oh, well, since my hand's on the pulse of this, I'm seeing that there's enough demand to warrant an investment that our company would make as part of our growth strategy to make sure that since we already have these customers that we're working with, that we can continue to do business with them. Yeah, absolutely. So coming back to packaging and pricing, are there another couple of examples that you could offer just to illustrate what are the different ways and also the thought process that goes into the pricing and packaging? Yeah, and so uh, I'll dive into that. The web design and the roofing contractor example a little bit more so you can really see see what that looks like because you know, the, the ideal version of that is not just saying, you know, I'm going to offer web design and online marketing, and I'm not going to offer brochure design. The ideal scenario is to really develop very specific packages and offerings that really match those ideal clients. So in that example, the web designer might, might realize there are roofing contractors in different situations. There are roofing contractors that are you know, just one person and maybe a couple people they work with that maybe just need a one-page website that. You know, they don't have a marketing budget. They're not going to do online marketing. And they need a, just a simple website just to get that taken care of. And so you might develop a, a package for, you know, small roofing contractors that's maybe $1,000 or $2,000, and it's a one-page website. And then that person might say, okay, there's these other roofing contractors that are massive, and they also offer, you know, they do carpentry work, and they do decks, and they do kitchen remodeling. And there's all these other stuff that they do. And they need this very complicated website with a ton of pages. And so that web designer might put together another package that meets the needs of those other kind of roofing contractors. And so he might have those two packages, and then he'll go and say, okay, let's look at online marketing. Let's not just offer, you know, search engine optimization or, you know, Google AdWords or Facebook advertising. Let's actually put together a package, and let's call it, you know, um, new roof 
uh, lead generation. And so the idea is it's generating leads that are interested in a new roof, not just sort of online marketing. And he might figure out what specific combination of search engine optimization and Facebook ads and email marketing and all these things is like the perfect formula to get roofing leads. And he might sell all of that as a package and, you know, and position it as the, the thing that's going to get these roofing contractors leads and, and sort of stay away from even describing it as AdWords or Facebook or search engine optimization. Does that make sense? Is that clear? Yes, there's so much specificity that you can go into because even within your ideal client, there's still a lot of variation like you're suggesting depending on the size of the company and what they specialize in, all kinds of different factors. Yeah, you know, if somebody goes to a roofing contractor with those packages and all of that stuff compared to somebody that's not specializing, there's there's no way there's any, you know, there's no way somebody's not going to go with the, the person specializing. The other thing is that it seems that you're also showing the client that you're, you're, that you're there for them at different stages of their growth and development because you're taking a look at when the, if the company is smaller compared to if the company might be larger, what needs might be different, and you're showing that you have different packages that can meet their evolving needs. Yeah, and that's, that's what you can do. You can start saying, okay, within that niche or within that specialization, there's still some, some sub, subcategories or, you know, people at different levels, and how am I going to, how am I going to meet those needs? A, a great example, you know, I keep going back to this roofing contractor example, but I know there are a lot of roofing contractors that, um, do a lot of advertising when there's a hailstorm and there's a, people have a lot of roofing damage from mm-hmm. hailstorms. So, I know somebody that actually has developed software to automatically run ads on Google and Facebook when there's a hailstorm. And so the ads (laughs) run in the zip code that there's a hailstorm. And it's just such a cool thing, but you could never get... It's that kind of thing that what makes you invaluable to your ideal clients when you come up with some perfect thing that fits their needs and, you know, Nobody else's needs, but their needs perfectly. That's phenomenal. So you, you really need to be on the pulse of not just what, but when people are most likely to buy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people, if people really dig into it, they can, they can you know, and they, they really talk to the clients. And they, you know, the more they are in a specific situation, they can figure out the, those brilliant things like that, that that meet people's needs perfectly. Very helpful examples. I think that offers a lot of clarity that definitely builds a business case for looking at specializing so that you can add as much value as you can for the client. What about pricing? Yeah, so the, the, the other piece of this is, you know, what we're really talking about is we're talking about meeting people's needs. And so what we want to do is we want to get away from pricing just on an hourly rate or, or pricing on you know, something like that. And we want to start pricing it on value. And when you are meeting somebody's needs at that level, you're able to charge a lot more. And you know, when you can tell somebody that you can meet their needs, they're less concerned about how much time you're spending or anything like that. They're concerned about that their needs are being met. So 
you want to price it based on what they're willing to pay and what the value they're getting is. So, you know, that, that software that, that runs the ads when the hailstorms, you know, are in place, the software already exists. The support, somebody doesn't have to, you know, reinvent that every time they work with another roofing contractor or something. But um, it provides enormous value to that roofing contractor or those, each of those roofing contractors. So you can, you know, price that at a, at a, a significant monthly price much more than you would if you were just building them for a few hours that it takes to set it up for the next roofing contractor. That's an excellent example that helps to distinguish between value rather than hours. Is there another one that you could offer? Yeah, let's see here. So, I mean, it's sort of the, the, the classic example that, you know, I've heard other people use and, and I use when, when somebody, sometimes, sometimes the problem with that is that people feel uncomfortable about it. They feel like they're being dishonest or something by charging based on, how, on value and it only is going to take me a couple hours or something. And the example is always, you know, if you go to the dentist, you know, would you rather your, your root canal take 15 minutes or would you rather take, take 10 hours? And you'd rather take 15 minutes and, that, you know, it, it doesn't matter what the cost is, you'd rather take only a few minutes of, of, of time and you just want to get it done. Right, so you kind of have to balance those out, I guess, right? Because sometimes people in their minds, when they're looking at prices as a customer, they'll do the calculation and they'll say, well, you're only, you only were with me for half an hour and this is how much you're charging. So you, you really that comes back to, I guess, to making sure that whatever it is you offer, that you're targeting, targeting the client who is going to perceive that it's a very high value. Yeah, if if you're getting if you're getting that kind of pushback, then one of a few things is the case. Either you're talking to the wrong people that aren't seeing the value, you know, that they're the wrong, you know, client, or you're not conveying it in such a way that they that they see the value. So there could be a few things to look at if you're seeing that there's a question or pushback around value is who are you targeting? Are they, the, are they the ones really who are going to value your work more than others? And also, are you articulating the value well enough? And I would guess, too, you also have to maybe look at how, you, how you're pricing and how that compares with uh, the market and then also these other variables that you talked about. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I think, you know, Probably the biggest piece is are you talking to the right people and realizing that not everybody is going to see it. You know, if if you know if I talk to ten people about their websites, some of them are going to you know say, "Well, I'm just going to build it myself with Squarespace," and and that's all. Maybe that's all they're looking for. They just want to get a get a website, and they're not really looking for you know whatever the, you know any sort of benefit. They just want to get it checked off their list, and that's okay. So somebody not seeing it's okay. You know, it's a combination of you know, talking to more people and realizing they're not going to all see the value and, you know, as much as possible talking to, to the right people. And like you're saying, too, if you're clearly articulating what it is that you do, then hopefully that's going to attract the people who are already finding value in it. So the underlying point you were making, too, is that you can set your pricing at a higher profit margin when you specialize. Exactly. You can definitely, you can, you can definitely, you know, go a higher, go at a higher price when you specialize. And really, the 
the other piece of this, we're, we're trying to get back to growing our businesses, is, you know, we, you know, actually this would be worthwhile, would have been worthwhile to mention in the previous segment, is another piece to look at when you're figuring out what your specialization is, is what is the profit margin or what is, um, what are the different services that you, you, you could, do provide a lot of value? So one service might not be very profitable and doesn't provide a lot of value, whereas another service, you know, it is a service that has a lot of profit margin for you and really provides a lot of value, and you might decide to specialize on that service instead of the other one or focus on that service instead of the other one. You need to do that comparison, and sometimes maybe you might offer a variety of them, recognizing that some offer a higher profit margin than others. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. There are definitely situations where you have different clients with slightly different needs, and some of your services are higher or less profit margin. But you know, I think the profit margin really does does play a role in that. And you know, you know, if you do the exercise we talked about before, of listing out your best customers and why did you know why did you like those clients or customers and everything like that, it's probably the case that those best customers were probably in in many cases, the highest profit margin margin ones also because they were the clients that were, were least difficult and you have to didn't have to spend time, you know, extra time on because they weren't happy or anything like that because they're the best clients. Right. So sometimes actually the highest profit areas are the ones that are going to be easiest for you to execute on. Yeah, definitely in a lot of cases. Thank you, Joe. We need to go to a brief commercial When we come back, Jill will provide pointers on designing a cost-effective marketing strategy. Stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. The leaders of today have certain characteristics that set them apart as success stories. These leaders have discovered how to lead in ways that transform their organizations. Now you can discover the same concepts, insights, and practices that have led them to success. Inside Transformational Leadership is produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll explore how to lead change and transform your own leadership every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a professional athlete, a retired athlete, or other top performer who's seeking a new career? Explore how to transfer your talents and mission into a rewarding business with the expert guidance of Hamda Mizrahi. As a performance coach and generalist consultant to entrepreneurs, Hemda will support you and your family in your next major professional transition. Create a winning game plan by contacting her through lifeandcareerchoices.com. That's lifeandcareerchoices.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. Welcome back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi speaking with digital agency CEO and business advisor Joe Kasherba, who joins me virtually from Pittsburgh. Joe provided suggestions on packaging and pricing your products and services within your specialties such that you can appeal to clients at their different stages of growth and development. In this final segment, we'll talk about designing a cost-effective marketing strategy So, Joe, you talked about the importance of making sure that you're clearly conveying in your marketing what your business is about, what your specialty is, what your strengths are. So what more can you say about that? Yeah, so in in terms of marketing, when we're getting ready to actually go out and and start doing marketing, you know, the sort of the two prerequisites to marketing, in my mind, is that you need to be very clear on who those ideal clients are, and you need to be very clear on what you're offering to them. You know, one of the the marketing mistakes that people make is they sort of list all the things they can do on an ad or something. You want to create a marketing campaign that sells a specific service or a specific product to that ideal client, Um, not a a sort of a, a menu of things. So first, that's the prerequisite. Who are you focusing? Who are you targeting and what are you offering them? You know, I think that's the, the first step. And then I guess the next piece would be then, okay, once we have that figured out, um, then you have to decide what marketing channel you're going to use. And, you know, you know, in terms of marketing channels, there, there are a million marketing channels ranging from cold calling to Facebook advertising to Google AdWords to direct mail to television ads. And I think the first step is to figure out where you fall on the continuum between, in my mind, there's a continuum where on one end of the continuum is services that where people actually need the service or the product that you're offering. So the example of that might be a copy or a copy machine. If you need to make copies, you need a copy machine. There's sort of not a whole lot more to it than that. On the other end of the spectrum is products or services that people don't really want the specific product or service. They just want the result. So things on that end might be, you know, a book on weight loss or a coaching service or something where nobody wakes up in the morning and thinks, I want to buy a book on weight loss. Nobody Mm -hmm. wakes up in the morning and thinks, I want to get a coach, you know, a business coach. They think, I want to grow my business or they think I want to lose some weight. And so, you know, on that end of the continuum, it's things that people don't specifically want the product or service. And so every product or service is somewhere on that continuum between the two. And the way you're going to do your marketing 
is determined by where you fall in that continuum. If you're totally on the end, you know, by that, on the, the copy machine end of the, the, the spectrum where somebody specifically wants what you're offering, then you're going to want to look at marketing channels like Google AdWords where somebody actually goes on Google, searches for the copy machine, and you can put your ad right, right in front of them, and, you know, it's a done deal. You know, the people you want to get in front of are the people that want that product or service. If you're on the other end where you're selling something that people don't necessarily, you know, think that they want that, that weight loss book or they want that coaching service, you need to do advertising where you show up in front of people that might be a good fit. So that would be on Facebook ads where you just pop up on their news feed or a television ad or something like that where, you know, you're not necessarily expecting that they're going to search for, for your product or service. You're just getting in front of them. Does that make sense, that sort of distinction? Yeah, it, it's like something that there's something that might sell itself, so to speak, because people are very clear, this is what I'm looking for. I need a new pair of jeans. I need uh, baby bottles or pacifiers for my baby. That's very clear. Yep. And then in, in other situations, it's more, in a sense, there's more of an indirect aspect to it because they're looking for what your product and service can do, but they're not looking specifically for your product or service. So you need to make sure that you're visible so that you can introduce them to it so that you can speak directly to what they're looking to accomplish. Exactly. And so that would be the, the, the step once you know what you're offering is where do you fall in that continuum? And that's going to sort of inform what kind of marketing you want to do. What about products or services that people actually would be interested in, but they don't know they exist? Well, in, in that situation where somebody wouldn't know they exist, I, I always think of the example of a teleportation device. If I invented a teleportation device, nobody would know that. And so I couldn't go to Google and run ads for people who were searching for a teleportation device because nobody's searching for a teleportation device because they don't know exists. So that's the kind of thing where you need to get in front of people. You need to do Facebook ads or you just get in front of them or television ads or you know, anything like that where you can sort of get in front of people that aren't already searching. Can you offer us an example of each and just go in a little bit more detail in terms of how you would suggest that a business market? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, anybody that is, you know, anybody that offers a service that's you know, sort of a straightforward service like, like web design or like roofing contracting, you know, or construction or things like that, those are services that people actually go and onto Google and search for. So, you know, the first sort of the first marketing strategy, marketing channel that I would use in any of those kind of situations would be Google AdWords, where, where you can just get in front of the people that are actually searching for the services. So that can be a home run if you're in that situation. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, a great example is a plumbing company. So when, when people need plumbing services, they go on Google and they search for it, okay? If somebody's toilet's overflowing, they're not on Facebook. So you, know, you want to get in front of people that are actually searching because they have that urgent need. So that, that's sort of on that side. Another, on the other side is... You know, really, like you mentioned, anybody that has something people don't know about. So if you're a startup company that has some really unique 
um, tool, you know, a, a software tool that's going to help accountants or a software tool that does something unique for lawyers. Like, those accountants or those lawyers aren't on Google searching for those that software because they don't know it exists. So you would go on Facebook, for instance, and with Facebook, you can actually target your accountants or lawyers or different people like that on, on Facebook, and so you run ads that show up to, you know, those kind of potential clients that are a good fit, and they may be intrigued and click on the ad and go from there. But so those are sort of two sort of illustrative of those two different sides. Right. So in, in the latter example, you if you're gearing toward an accountant or a lawyer with a particular software, then you'll kind of have a pop-up, an advertisement that speaks directly to their need, that catches their attention. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, the, 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 the real action step is to figure out, you know, we figure out who our ideal clients are and what we're offering them, and then figure out what is the best, you know, who those people really are and what's the best way to get in front of them. And the best way to get in front of them might be, you know, you want to get in front of people that are actually searching for the services. It might be something that you can target on Facebook, like an industry or people that like a specific thing or something. Or it may be, you know, you know, another sort of a totally different example might be, you know, if you're in a tourist city and you have some sort of a tourist spot kind of restaurant, then in that instance, the the people that you're targeting might be travelers. So your marketing channel might be, you know, billboards right out in, right in front of the airport. You know, it's you know who are those people and what marketing channel is going to be going to allow me to get in front of those people. You know, the the most with the, the most efficiency. Joe, it seems as though, like in many markets, if you're selling a house, like New York City, for example, where I am, it's very common in, to have a broker and even difficult to sell your place without a broker because you're also tap the brokers tap into international markets as well. So, in terms of also the marketing, it seems as though it's very critical given all of the diversity that exists in marketing options that you have you need to have really a marketing strategist working with you I, I think you, I think you need I think any business owner anybody any entrepreneur any business owner oftentimes people resist this and I resisted it for a while has to realize that marketing is a really critical part of business as much as some people want to avoid that and so yeah I think you either need to have a, a, a marketing person that you're working with you know, you know, a marketing firm or marketing strategist that you're hiring, or you need to really get serious about learning marketing and, and take that seriously. And, you know, the thing you want to not do is sort of put your head in the sand and, and try to avoid doing any marketing or avoid thinking about yourself as someone who does marketing. And and you know, I, I think in this day and age, you, got, you have to be a marketer to be successful in business. Um, that's something I'm learning more and more as time goes on. I asked that also because I was thinking as you were sharing examples that there may be folks who are listening who are wanting to take steps forward along the lines of what you're saying but are not wouldn't know how to approach doing Facebook ads or doing Google AdWords. And so if you're looking to step further into it, 
and you want to have a cost-effective approach to it, what would you recommend? Well, absolutely. I mean, there are certainly, you know, we offer a lot of, of services, you know, online marketing services to, to clients, and there are a lot of, you know, other companies that, that actually specialize in doing Facebook ads or doing Google AdWords, and including ones that specialize in specific industries. So, you know, that's a great way to go. Or if you're you're not in the position to hire somebody or pay pay a, a marketing agency, I would start, you know, just, you know, once you figure out that sort of where you fall on that continuum and what marketing channels might make sense to you, you know, if we talked and you identified with some of the examples that we talked about that mean you might be a good fit for Google AdWords, or if we talked about the, you know, some examples and you feel like, Facebook ads might be a good fit. I would just start taking some time to learn about that marketing channel and, you know, focus on learning that and, and, and becoming an expert at one marketing channel because you may only need one marketing channel to, to grow your business to whatever, whatever level you want if you can really master it and, and take the time to learn it. Okay, so there are some things that you could do yourself as a business owner, and since you know your business better than anyone even though it can be helpful sometimes to have um, a neutral person look at it to give you some insights about what they see, handling the piece about what you're about, what are the key messages that you want to communicate, who your clients are. Those are things that you can work on. And then you need to just fine-tune what marketing channels are going to be most appropriate and of, be of greatest value given your objectives and then become acquainted with that. And you can have a conversation. I would guess that it's helpful to have a, a conversation, Joe, um, with someone who does what you do um, to be able to hone in on what strategies could work where you are right now also in terms of your budget. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, we can help somebody figure out, you know, would they have the budget to, to, to do AdWords or Facebook advertising or what would make the most sense? And one thing you know, that I thought about were, you know, based on what you said was that, you know, the, the identifying those ideal clients and the needs of the clients and things like that, that's something that really the, the entrepreneur himself, the business owner himself or herself needs to really um, sort of do on their own. You know, I can help somebody with that, but, you know, somebody needs to get clear on that themselves. And when I work with... When we're working with digital marketing clients and, and, and you know, there's, there's problems, usually the problem comes down to the, the client that we're working with really hasn't gotten a good handle on, on that yet. And you know, so, so that's, a, that's something to keep in mind. It's very hard for, for a marketing agency to do their job well when somebody hasn't taken the time to really to figure that kind of stuff out. And there's, you know, that's, you know, that's a really important piece that if it's missing, there's going to be a problem. Thank you so much, Joe. This has been such wonderful insight. And also, you've offered some great strategies and wonderful examples that I think there's a lot to work with. And I appreciate that very much. Absolutely. This was great. Thank you. I'd also like to encourage listeners... If you're a freelance web designer or a digital agency owner, you can reach out to Joe through agencyaccelerator.guru. And so that extension is G-U-R-U. 
to explore the advisement services that he offers that will help you to develop and scale your business. If you need to strengthen the web presence of your business, you can learn about Joe's digital agency, Kasherba Web Design Group, by visiting Kasherba, K-A-S-H-U-R-B-A, webdesign.com. If you have comments or unanswered questions about today's episode, I welcome you to share them and support the show by emailing me at hosthemda at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Hemda Mizrahi and like us on Facebook at Turn the Page Radio. Until next week, remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, inviting you to turn the page. Thank you for tuning in to our program. Turn the Page can be heard live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.